T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Man, it's been a it's been a grim and heavy offseason so far for the Cubs, I must say, Bruce Levine. It's different. It's different. I, I think Theo has uh, shaken it up. He is uh, taking no hostages. Everybody's on warning. The red alert sign is up. He has uh, warned Joe Madden. He apparently is warning players. He is obviously warning the coaching staff as we go into the Middle of November now, Matt, without mm-hmm. the coaching staff being named. We know Anthony Aposi is the new hitting coach. We know Brandon Hyde is back as the bullpen, as the bench, bench coach. coach, but we do not know beyond that. The great Jim Hickey mystery continues under contract for two more years, yet uh, the stories coming out of the GM meetings is that he won't be back with the Chicago Cubs this season. Let's listen to... Theo Epstein, as he talked about changing his coaching staff and what did not work last year. Well, we talked to Tilly the other day, you know, outstanding hitting coach. It, it just didn't didn't work with our guys. And, um, you know, and with Hick, we, uh, you know, we got off to a little shaky start with our starting pitching. Um, but that became a strength of the club by the end of the year, and, and our bullpen was, uh, was really solid all year. So... The failure of Darvish at the beginning of the year, not the injury, the failure of Darvish, uh, uh, eight starts, three decent ones, one win, five losses, near five ERA before he hurt himself May 20th in his last start against Cincinnati, which was arguably his best start of the year. Is that on Hickey? Does Chetwood not being able to uh, get himself together after the $40 million commitment by the Cubs, is that on Hickey? Uh, Carl Edwards uh, going backwards, is that on Hickey? Why are we hearing that uh, Jim Hickey may not be back? Um, we are waiting to see how this shakes out. Are the why, are the Cubs allowing Jim Hickey to try to find a job elsewhere, uh, knowing that his friend... Um, Joe Madden has only one year left on his contract. Mm-hmm. Is the comfort, comfortability level for the Cubs and Jim Hickey uh, not there right now? Do you think? Um, do you think Jim Hickey's demeanor uh, was a little more what, what's the word strident or kind of uh, aggressively direct than expected? I talked to somebody during the year who, mm-hmm. who who felt that way, a member of the pitching staff who felt that way, and just in my own interactions with him, it's a very, very, very direct kind of kind of aggressive guy with not a lot, not yeah. a lot of ear in I there. In I the don't think he does a lot of diapering, right? I don't think so. Right. He doesn't use the powder. Uh, he doesn't use the best diaper. <laughs> he's he's an old school guy, but he but but you know consider this. He had nothing but young pitchers for nine years in Tampa. Tampa. And it worked like a And they all developed beautifully. Absolutely. Now, now, are we getting to the point where millennial players um, are controlling the game of baseball to the point, not just the Cubs, but everywhere, where people are hiring managers and coaches that get along with the players first 
and then our outstanding instructors and teachers second. Well, there is this thing that is that is wide and, and just not in baseball where a lot of people, they want to be told why. Tell me why we're doing this as opposed to just telling me we're doing it and barking at me. There, there's that, and there's nothing That's wrong fine. with that. That's, is a very, That's that, that can be a very, very healthy thing. The question is, is this, a, is this an empowered bunch um, having won a couple of years ago in a very I mean, do you need strong a, group? Do you need a Swedish massage every time you talk to a coach? I mean, is it something where you have to feel so good about yourself or else you're not prepared to go out there? Is Tyler Chatwood's uh, lack of command uh, an issue that they don't like uh, from Jim Hickey? Well, he, both him his, and Edwards. How about both him and Edwards with his with bedside that? manner not good enough? Or... Are we in a situation now where coaches uh, are going to be hired first for their bedside manner and second for what they bring as far as technical support and uh, being able to get the most out of a player? Well, there we go. As front offices are more uh, confident, more informed and more involved and more in charge of situations and decisions then, you know, the value of the coaches is often as a vessel for right. translating what the front office has well, learned and wants to do. Matt, are, are teams unwilling to admit mistakes by metrics departments? In other words, here's the metrics on Chadwood. Chadwood. So he was 8-15 and 15 with a 470 ERA in Colorado. And the metrics said Splits. everything outside of – Coors Field, he was a 270 ERA guy and one of the top pitchers in the game. And the spin rate on the curveball. Right. So, yeah, you don't get the same rate, you know, there in Colorado that you get everywhere else. So, therefore, we decide that it's three years and $40 million, and the metrics department helps you make those decisions. But the coaches are the ones who have to be able to get in the guy's head and say, throw the ball over the plate. What's your problem? Why can't you okay, master that the, so we can even do a, the, what we want to do with you? Then the guy is upset and he backs away and uh, he complains that uh, he's not being communicated with. Then there and goes there's back $40 million dollars compared to a million dollars that you're spending on the coach. Mm-hmm. So And there you go. So that's uh, okay. where bedside I mean, matter comes simplistic. in. It's it's a simplistic argument, and it's not just based at aiming at the Cubs. Every team is going through this right now. You see tremendous amount of turnover in coaching staffs yes, every year now. Because you're looking for the right personality to get across the nuanced message that you're trying to yeah. get across. Uh, you want to you want to you want a coach or you want a fluffer? Tell me which one is more important to you. <laughs> you know, it's, it, I, I don't know if if people were watching the World Series. Alex Cora, who did so many things correctly, made so many careful decisions, and so many of them worked out. Yes, he had a great team, by the way, but oh, a lot yeah, of them worked by out. The, by the way. By the way, he had a great team. But before he made almost every decision in terms of pinch hitting and or pulling a pitcher at a moment, if you were watching, he was looking all the way to the right in the dugout for the yes or the no. Whoever is communicating with the front office and – I mean, Alex Cora was following orders, and that's and Dave Roberts has to follow orders. And I, I you know, some of these guys they might not like the fact that these well, days you got to follow some orders. Well, that's why Major League Baseball wants the the eight hundred thousand dollar manager now opposed to the six million dollar manager because you are now looking looked at as middle management, not as important as uh, the big time manager used to be, the Bochies and Maddens. 
are getting near to the end of their careers. Socia is no longer there. So the $6 million manager is now a thing of the past. And, and now you have somebody that happens to be running the team in the dugout that is also a part mm-hmm. of the metrics team that uh, they are putting out there as far as information. Well, so, they've got to be the one that translates it and speaks both. You have to well, speak everything, and you have to have a perfect you know, eventually, bedside manner. Eventually, in the next five years, someone will just put a metrics person in the dugout. They will. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think there is I mean, one with Alex Cora. Okay, I think there is one over sure. in the court. I don't know who it is, but but whoever I mean, he, he was looking at, was Houston the guy. might have been the first one to do it. Right. You know. Again, and uh, do you have a good bedside manner? Are you a good baseball guy? And Will you follow the metrics information that we have? These are all things that may be convoluting what uh, Joe Madden's uh, uh, shelf life is with the Chicago Cubs. Call us, 312-644-6767. We've got time to talk baseball with you. What was your direct question? Do you want a uh, pitching coach or a fluffer? Because we have a texture that says, I'll take a fluffer. Okay, well, good for him. Uh, well, he's been you know, his I mean, choice. I mean, it's going to work for him for a short period of time. <laughs> We're looking at the long run here. Well, you need maybe more than one if you're looking you, at the well, long run. People are lucky they get two fluffers. Uh, Jim is in Beecher on uh, 670 The Score and uh, wants to wants to take us back to the south side, which is fine for a moment. Go ahead. What do you got, hey, Jim? Happy Saturday, boys. Always good talking baseball and listening to you guys. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, quick comment, and then I'll uh, make my, my main point, if you don't mind. Uh, Matt brought up the, the Louis Robert home run. Oh. Uh, that's that sound was stunning, and the scuttlebutt was uh, 480 to 500 feet. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, it, it, it was something. It's that, it's fun to look forward to what the yeah. White Sox have as far as talent goes. And there's something about Robert where it's just like the beauty of a five tool athlete like that, and that that ceiling. It, it's more exciting to me than a slugger ceiling. It probably goes back to my childhood love of guys like Eric Davis. And then, and then Bo Jackson eventually, and you know, just that kind of athlete just gets my mind going. Yeah, evidently this guy's pretty chiseled too, for what it's worth. So we'll see what happens there. You know, he's actually right now second in the league in hitting uh, in the uh, AFL, the Arizona Fall League. So he's got a fourteen-game hitting streak going. So uh, mm-hmm. so far, so good. You know. Anyway, my main point, the reason I called was something uh, you guys brought up a little while ago about. Uh, who's orchestrating the rebuild on the White Sox. It's interesting because they're the ones who caused the rebuild to uh, to happen to begin with. So it is a little bit, uh, more than a little bit strange that they're still the same ones who are going to orchestrate this, uh, you know, trying to put it back together again. But uh, I guess I'm going to hold out a little bit of hope on this whole thing because uh, going back, uh, further back, to, I think it's, what, four or five years when Rick Hahn took over, uh, those other years of futility, those pretty much had Kenny Williams' uh, thumbprint on them, no doubt about it. I think that is the thought process that Rick is now given full reign, and this is what he gets to do. Well, that's not necessarily true, but okay. I mean, Kenny Williams has not disappeared. Uh, Rick is the face of the organization without question. Mm-hmm. He has a tremendous autonomy in certain areas, but Kenny is still the executive vice president above Rick, and they work together with Jerry Reinsdorf. The three-headed monster has been together since 2001 uh, running the White Sox, and uh, that's not going to change. 
I, it, you know, there's part of me that wants Manny Machado to come to the White Sox just so I can see the clash of a guy who says, look, I'm not Johnny Hustle with Rick Renteria who benched how many, five, six, seven different guys right. for not hustling during the course of the last season. Right. Boy, that'd be entertaining for us. Yeah, I, you know, the, the benching thing, I think some people in baseball thought that was, uh, that was a little bit overrated uh, as far as benching guys and making a show of it. That uh, you know we're not going to tolerate this there, as opposed to the in-house version of hey, you're not playing the next day. Right, but did, I mean, did he? Do you think he did it overtly, publicly each time? Well, I mean, it was there for all of us to see. Mm. Many managers do not pull guys out directly, but the next day they're not in the lineup. Uh, I think we saw that a lot with Javier Baez in his growth chart, where you'd see him go up there and take four. Tr- tremendously bad at bats and not be in the lineup for a couple days. Mm-hmm. That's that's benching for not paying attention to detail, not doing what you're supposed to do to get better. There's a terrific new documentary from Sports Illustrated TV called 14 Back. It's about the Red Sox and Yankees in 1978 and the Yankees making a charge there. But some of this, one of the things that I'm thinking about as you talk is Billy Martin sending Paul Blair out to right field at Fenway Park to take Reggie Jackson out after he just kind of jaked it just a little bit on a single that was stretched into a double. And the drama that that caused, then they're screaming at each other. Yeah, I remember watching it. It was a game of the week. Was it? Yes, it was a Saturday game of the week. It was uh, tremendous drama. And uh, And that's publicly embarrassing your star guy. pretty much took off from there. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, they did. Like it, that worked. Um, among it was among the things that worked. Jim, Mike, Joe, uh, we're going to get to you in our last segment here. We got to take a break here. We'll be back talking more Cubs, Sox, Bryant, Harper, the Harper Bazaar, as um, agent Scott Boros calls it. All a part of the rest of our show. Three one two six four four six seven six seven. Inside the clubhouse this hour, being brought to you by Schaumburg Kia. When searching for a new Kia, search for SchaumburgKia.com. We'll be right back. Good morning. It is Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. Joe Maurer is officially retired, having written a letter to the fans of Minnesota, a 15-year career, a three-time batting champion as a catcher. Bruce Levine, and obviously... 2009 uh, MVP, mm -hmm. only year that he hit home runs, 28. Uh, But as a catcher, half of his career was as a catcher. All of his batting titles as a catcher. MVP as a catcher. Is that Hall of Fame for you? Uh, Doesn't have the 300 home runs. Doesn't have the 1,500 RBIs. Has a basically one-to-one strikeout-to-walk ratio in his career. Hmm. Uh, Made tremendous contact. Uh, Said to have had his entire high school career before he was signed as a 1-1 in the June draft, 2000. One strikeout. One strikeout his entire high school career? Entire high school career. Oh, wow. Uh, This this is a guy that lived up to it. But once he got the $175 million contract Uh and the eight home runs and the 55 RBIs turned into from catcher to first baseman, everybody went... Oh, this guy's ain't not worth it. When are when can we look past him? Right, because that it, really hurt his career. The production went off. The injuries forced him over to first base, and and yeah, the contract looked it's a, bad. Just attrition. I mean, you know, but also concussions. And, and he, yeah. he even mentioned the concussions in his uh, little farewell letter that right, came out this right. morning. But I think he's a Hall of Fame catcher. But 
Um, I don't think he played it long enough. I don't think he caught long enough to compensate. I don't know. You know, uh, nine hundred games is the equivalent of uh, almost uh, ten years catching because you only catch one hundred and ten to one hundred and fifteen games tops normally for the top catchers. That's something to keep in mind uh, when you look at a catcher mm-hmm. and the amount of games that he played. But nonetheless. Um, a lot of people think disappointing end to his career because he wasn't a productive hitter. Let's go to uh, Joe in Elk Grove Village on 670 to score. What's up, Joe? How are you? Hi. Fine. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Um, you know, when I hear, like, managers uh, using, what is it, sabermetrics, you know, something where, uh, you know, you use the odds, you know, there's odds if the guy hits this way, you're supposed to pitch him this way or vice versa or move the uh, team over. It reminds me of playing blackjack in uh, in Vegas or wherever you play blackjack, that you have a card, and when the dealer puts down, you know, like when they show a card, and then you have your cards, you're supposed to do this. It's all the odds of putting it in your favor. But obviously, if that card held true, um, they wouldn't be playing blackjack because everybody then at the table would win. So what I'm saying is that this year at Boston, um, it reminds me maybe the Cubs were the... <laughs> Where the Cubs, when they won the World Series, that they were determined to win, and in this case, they actually they actually went um, uh, did better than what Joe Madden did with some of his moves, especially with the pitching staff, and they still were determined to win. And I think the same thing with Boston; they were just such a great team that whatever Joe Joey Cora did, that it it worked. Uh, but Alex Cora, uh, I, 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 same I family, yes, yeah, same, same same family, uh, siblings. You know the the, the metrics over 162 games, as a, t- a couple textures have pointed out, are just so incredibly valuable because once the sample gets that big, it makes all the sense in the world to follow sure. the patterns and follow the predictors. How, how far do you want to take it? Do you want do you want to be like Dave Roberts and have a metrics guy sitting next to the dugout handing you printouts as the game's going on? Do you want the uh, lineup to be made by someone else before you get to the ballpark every day. How far do you want to go to be held responsible for something that is metrics department driven rather than you as the lead man, the face of the team as the manager? Well, and the issue is that once you get to a seven game series, uh, a lot of those metrics and predictors that are, that are helpful over a buck 62 become less important than the human issues of uh, who's, who's doing well, who's feeling good. Who's who's on his his money when you take a guy out in the fourth inning and he's dealing and, the team loses. Depends who made the call. Do the, you fire the metrics department? Uh, it depends who made the call. This is Mike in Naperville on 670. The score. Mike, you'll be our last caller up here on Inside the Clubhouse. It's always on the manager. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. You got it. My, my question, I'm just curious about Chris Bryant. Uh, when he got beaned and hit in the face, mm-hmm. what his stats are since he got beaned uh, compared to, uh, and does that coincide with the sore shoulder? Yeah, that's a great call, and thank you for reminding us because it was relevant. I think he hit very well the first couple weeks afterwards, but um, there was diminishing results. Was that because of the shoulder or because of, as you pointed out earlier in the show, uh, changing his approach, uh, not looking like Chris Bryant that we'd seen in the past? Was that shoulder or related to getting hit? And is that something that's driving the Cubs to look – 
down the road at Chris Bryant. On September 30th, the Cubs had the best record of the National League, and 96 hours later, they were eliminated, and the stories since in this offseason have been kind of grim. But it's early in this offseason. Yeah, it can get much more grim. <laughs> uh, people can follow me, Matt, on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine. I write every day socks and Cubs on our web- website, 670thescore.com. You'll find a new story about... Mr. Uh, Epstein saying that Bryant's likely not to go anywhere on there right now. And Matt, I will see you next week. Yes, sir. I'm Spiegel. You can find me at Matt Spiegel 670. Thank you to Zach Withers for doing a terrific job. Illinois football is next right here on 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. See T Mobile.com.